September 23, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Happy first day of fall. Happy birthday, John Coltrane. Always special day for me. Uh, there's a non-monetized version of Equinox, in fact, up on YouTube.com that does an hour loop. Ain't as good as eight hours on a creaky pirate ship shit for getting uh, some good conk, but close. Uh, still quite in quarantine on most of Brother Matt at the Love Grotto, a couple miles south here on the Pleasure Point. But I'm not man alone completely in my pad here in Pedro because those wonders of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I got Zach with me from Philly. Zach, welcome aboard. Oh, uh, good to be here. Yeah. I should tell the people what we started off with. Uh, it was Giant Steps, the new 2020 remastered. Uh, version. So please don't use this song to cut other musicians. I can't believe this shit. This is the song people use to get all bully. What, what's that word? But you know, beat up like you're lame. You ain't as good as me because I can play this faster than you. And just look at a picture of him and look at his eyes. Does he want to do that with his tunes? No. <laughs> it's to bring you in, not like force you out. It's fucking sports. It ain't rugby people. Or football, or whatever the fuck. It's uh, music, which is a fucking thing. Well, first off, it's a, a, a form of expression, but so many ways it can be a collab and bring people together. So, Giant Steps. Tommy Flanagan, right? John Coltrane. The story is John Coltrane just hands him a paper with, here's just some chords. <laughs> Solo <laughs> over this thing. He said many years till he thought he got it right on a recording, but still, this is, you know. The sitch come right. Life deals your hand, and you got to play it. So, and especially somebody like Zach, you know, who's from a world of uh, improv and free music, the moment is everything, right? So, I think John Coltrane just saying that and not freaking him out and just trying to make him relaxed about it, just some chords, was to get him ready for the moment because I think he wanted to spring it on him. Maybe I don't know. I wasn't there. And then we had a Durian Brow. Okay which we heard a couple of tunes last episode, people, when uh, uh, had Ben Bennett, also Philly Meister, and also co-conspirator of Zach here. And uh, it is good. The, the, the Durian Brow, not Brown. <laughs> but this is the, the gateway moniker to get in on the singer-songwriting angle at the open mic night. <laughs> is that correct, Zach? Yeah, that's true. We were playing... Uh... Once a week, every Wednesday, and then I I figured, why don't we take it out of the house? Yeah. And uh, we went and signed up, and uh, ten minutes in, they asked, "When is this song over?" It's <laughs> <laughs> always a critic. Uh, look, Zach, please. Uh, I want to go through your journey through music. So your earliest musical recollection, please. Hmm. I would have to say. Um, It'd probably be uh, driving out to the mall with my grandmother, and she had a uh, a Beach Boys tape, and I remember that really flipping me out. So you're listening to it in the car? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> is this in Philly? No, this is uh, Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania, coal region. Okay, so still a fur piece from California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in a way... Well, why did it freak you out? Let me ask you that. Oh, uh, I think it just brought me a lot of joy. 
Oh, it was a good freak uh, out. It was oh, yeah. Freak out. Oh, yeah. Good freak out. Okay. Yeah. Good freak outs are the best freak outs. And uh, there's that there's that part on uh, Don't Worry Baby. There's a little guitar uh, scronk that comes in there. Just two notes. Just like, jank, jank. And it set me on fire. Love it. Could have been Nels Klein, but probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> probably Tommy Tedesco and those, uh, you know, Carol K. Hal Blaine. Right, where they were kind of the band for those records, those first ones. Yeah. And Beach Boys, by the way, Hawthorne, which is not on the beach. It ain't too far, but it ain't on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the story about the father, right, Murray? What an asshole. Uh, vaguely. Yeah, he was an asshole. You don't need to know about it. I just, <laughs> one, there's this one ta- uh, outtake of the studio where I guess he's hollering. He's all barracho and shit. And he's hollering over the headphones. And Dennis... Uh, no, it's Brian. He says, whoa, battleship. <laughs> like his voice, right? So, uh, okay, so the pad, you grew up there in Mount Carmel. Was there any instruments? Not a one. Okay, so your folks, the people on the pad were mostly listeners. Uh, I wouldn't even say that, no. Wow. Not, not much music. It was a quiet house. Pretty quiet. Um, my dad, at a certain point, uh, would take a, uh, like a hymn book and sing some old... Uh, some hymns, just on his own. Yeah, but the voice is an instrument, so I guess, yeah, I'm an idiot. I, well, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it was wild to hear, because he's certainly not a not a good singer. I think he just felt that he should do this all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, and, but, uh, he, yeah, he was expressing himself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what about at school? Um, School? Like the, 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 the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Didn't get into much of that. I was okay. uh, homeschooled after eighth grade. Okay. Uh, well, let me ask you, the first record you bought with your own money? I believe that was uh, Nirvana, Bleach. Okay. The one but with- the first the first uh, tape I actually got my hands on was way before that. It was uh, Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Well, I ask about with your own money because, you know, when you're young, you ain't got a lot of money. So it might be something you really wanted. I had uh, I had that paper route going on, so yeah, smart, smart man, industrious young man. So, <laughs> what about first gig? Was there gigs out in Mount Carmel? No, not at all. Okay. We had to go a little outside of town for that in, in what, uh, Bloomsburg. So, what was your first Bloomsburg gig? Uh, it was at a coffee shop called Phillips Emporium, and uh, we played that with a a band that we met on GarageBand. Oh, you mean your first gig that you saw was one you actually played? Oh, the first one I saw. That would be, uh, it was at the same place. It was uh, a pop punk band called the Special Olympians. <laughs> That's a kind of wave. <laughs> yeah, they, they, did a, they did an Eddie, Eddie Money cover. Uh, two, t- two, tickets two tickets to paradise. To paradise. <laughs> they, they changed it to two ticks and a parasite. <laughs> Ah, kind of comedy rock. Yeah, so <laughs> kind that of weird, was all right. Kind of a weird Al Yankovic uh, angle. It was a pretty weird scene. Yeah. So, but, okay, getting to my next question, though, about this, uh, like, well, homeschool, so you're at home, so some buddies for a garage band, a basement bedroom band? Uh, I used to hang out uh, in the woods nearby my house, and one day I heard somebody pounding on drums. So I went up on the porch and tried to get in there, and uh, they wouldn't let me in. 
Uh-oh. Not until not until I came back maybe a week or two later with a, a bag of beer. <clears throat> and then at that point, um, I sat on the couch and watched these guys play. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, who is they? Because you heard some drumming, but there was other shit too, like bass, drum. Yeah, they they were they were trying to get a band together. They were uh, auditioning a a bass player, and so I ended up playing bass. Oh first. wow! Okay, yeah. what kind of bass do you have there, Zach? <clears throat> oh, these were the Ibanez days. Okay, and uh, what about amp? You know, I, I'm a little prejudiced towards this instrument. Um, that I can't I can't recall. Neither the bass nor the amp would have been mine at that point. Okay, you just borrowed, and. Yeah. Uh, Shit, well, you didn't do lessons, right? You learned by doing? I did take about three or four lessons. So there was a bass teacher out there? Not a bass teacher. I went uh, for guitar. Uh, about a month or two later, I bought my first electric guitar. Okay. And uh, what was that like? What, what what was like learning from a teacher? Oh, uh, I didn't I didn't really like it, and I felt pretty bad. I thought I was wasting my, uh, my parents' money. Oh, because uh, they... Oh, was it She'd take me down there like a 35-minute drive, um, and this guy would spend most of the time screaming on the phone at his kids. <laughs> so, And he, it- also, he also had this slop bowl he'd be eating, some you know, this big bowl of random food. <laughs> uh, one day he got up to take a piss or something, and I peered into the bowl and was frightened by what I saw. Yeah, ooh. It was a tiny – it was like a closet. We were <laughs> – Oops! <laughs> your, your spiel made me puke a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, was it the deal like your ma? I'll get you this guitar if you take lessons. I bought the guitar with the the paper out. Paper out. Oh, so you, you were doing this think it would help you out with the the guys that were jamming? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it didn't last long, right? No, not too long. But did how, did you go uh, end up playing a long time with these dudes or a little while? Uh, maybe a year, two years. Did you do any gigs? Maybe, uh, three. What was the first one like? The first one was back at, uh, Phillips Emporium. We shared the gig. It was pretty special. We shared a gig, um, with this band that we met online on Garage Band. And they drove all the way up from, uh, near St. Louis to just come play this gig with us. Jesus, from Missouri. <clears throat> Yeah, wild. Yeah. Well, that's the power of music. You know, I want to play Stevie's Cranking by the nose. Oh, yeah. By the nose.
I am ocean and you are sea And the difference may tangle me Or maybe it will come to be That the time will bring some levity I am river and you are rain A release within some new refrain Or a bond amidst persistent strain Oh, water, water, come again sleeps with a mountain for my company oh maybe it will bury me I am frost and you are heat And the morning brings its gift to thee So do with it just as you please But bring yourself right back to me
Pedro show. Yeah, Stevie's cranking by the nose. But Aunt Sally with Aunt Sally. Model home. Uh collaborating with his name is Alive Chord uh, Part three of La Casa de Volcan from Corral, brand new. Will Johnson out of Austin. Great cat. Ocean Sea. Character developer from uh, his buddy Thor Harris. Rob Halverson. Also Austin. L1011, brand new out of SoCal here. Just made a triple album, people. Let's all go out like Francis. And finally, The Nose. With Fever in it. No, Fever and Frit. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, Zach. So, did this band have a name that you did the gig with the St. Louis band? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um... These were these were some uh, goth guys, okay. so they were going for that, and the band was called uh, Darkest Gray. Doesn't get any more uh... <laughs> right because the Spinal Tap album, right? None more black. <laughs> something, something like that. Smell the glove. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I, I take it you weren't really into like genre music, right? You just wanted to play. Yeah, I, I really just wanted to play, and it it didn't take long for me to meet uh, a few people who really uh, took me places. 
And you know, it, I think it's hard when you're younger. You think music's all about genre because it's beat into us so hard. But then you get yeah. you get free of that, right? Yeah, I think I think I I did or eventually. Well, how? Let me ask you. How did I get free of that? Yeah. Well, what what events happened? Following leads. I mean, I got free. I got out of that band uh, thanks to another guy who I met through that St. Louis connection. Uh, turned out I met him on a message board, uh, and he said, "Are you from? Are you from the Mount Carmel? I think you are." He's like, "I got a. I've got an aunt that lives in the town next next to that." And I'm coming up for the summer. So he came up. Uh, this is a guy my age, uh, about 14, 15 at this point. And he uh, he just had a huge CD booklet full of wild shit that I'd never imagined. And that, that kind of just tore me loose there. Yeah, you know, we had a thing called the mix cassette tape, right? We'd pass them around each other. Mm-hmm. And maybe kind of the same thing. Shit you never knew. What's the old saying? The only thing new is you finding out about it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's on a, there was a band in the city called uh, Black Humor, early 80s. And that's one of the lines. Uh, so, well, what's this cat's name? This is uh, Chris Stanton, his name is. And he's, he's we're still in touch. Uh, he's got a... A bunch of projects. So, so what was the result of you hearing all this? Well, I quit the band. Right, right. Then, <laughs> then what? Uh, then um, I realized he he had a demo of a pretty wild band, a, a cassette tape uh, from a band that was uh, just about an hour north. Uh, and I thought, this is wild music. I got to find a way to get up there. And uh, that's a that's a that was a big turning point there. Um, so that led me up to uh, Wilkes-Barre, PA. And there, there was a venue called Cafe Metropolis where there were maybe like three or four gigs a week. It was pretty happening compared to the the coal town I was from. And what was the band? Um. The the band of the the demo tape yeah, I think that would that was uh, an albatross they were called okay, and did you get to meet him? Oh yeah okay, but that was a that was a great place. There were uh, three or four gigs a week, and I think it seemed that everyone uh, went to every gig, whether they were into the music or not. <clears throat> and you would so. You would drive a lot of people that way, and you would drive an hour each way. I'd get a ride, usually. I'd find somebody that uh, would take some gas money and go up there for the night. Oh, okay. So you you were bit by the music bug. So what? Yeah. You finally got to play this place, right? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Well, tell me the first time. That would have been uh, with uh, Dirt Vultures. Okay. And I think I think the first time was just me, my buddy Sam Valenti, and a, a drum machine. Whoa. What was that? How'd that turn out? Pretty good. The Dirt Vultures were an established uh, band, but 
one of the guys moved out to Albuquerque. Uh, Sam wanted to keep it going. And the direction of the music really changed a lot. We were doing some some weird shit. And once in a while, finding somebody to to uh, hop on with us. But it was the drum machine this night. Yeah. And uh, so I, I take it it was all original original material. Yeah, for sure. So you had started to write songs. Yeah, Sam and I started... Uh, playing a lot of music, recording. Uh, the gigs were hard to come by. Soon after that, um, Metropolis closed. Oh, fuck. And so to to get a gig was kind of tough. We'd play at a record store in Scranton. Um, but Sam and I got on this kick of uh, putting out a CD every gig we played. You'd record it before? Yeah, we do. We'd pack it whole the whole eighty minutes. Wow. Can you can you remember the first song you wrote? Hmm. Vaguely. What was it called? Uh, I think it. I think it was called Luke Fiddler. Luke Fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was probably instrumental, right? No, this was back oh. with the back with that first band. Ah, oh, with the the goth guys. Yeah, kind of, kind of a goth name, the Fiddler, Luke the Fiddler. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, September twenty three, twenty twenty. Just what Peter show special guest Zach. Hold tight for hour two. September twenty three, twenty twenty. It's the second hour of the lot from Pedro show. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
open.
Isaac Hidden on bass.
Lock for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with the nose. Do a nose guard. When does the nose... Like, we've played three tunes from this uh, proj. Mm. Give us a little background, please. The nose is a duo. Uh, myself and Matt Tomlinson. He's a bass player in the Lehigh Valley. Um, I think I first heard of him through Jack Wright, who had... Uh, played a gig just him and matt um and i checked it out there's a video i heard a recording of it and i just couldn't wait to play so we hooked up and it's been a it's been a few years now that we've been playing wow so very interesting music an interesting collab so it was it was through jack wright you know he flowed me his book the free musics and it's oh you got pretty you got a hold of that <laughs> Well, from him, the man himself. Actually, Thurston knew all about him. Uh, he's, hmm. He was telling me, yeah, and the man who wrote the, uh, Mr. Davies, who wrote the intro, too. Uh, yeah, Davy Williams. Remember, there's always, uh, yeah, Davy Williams. There's, the only thing new is what? Finding out about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after that, we had Sam Bennett from Tokyo doing Chain and Shadow, originally from Birmingham, Roz Town. Guy by Voices after that, Dayton, Tiny Apes, Lunatics on Parole, G-O-B-P-O-V, Environment, Bombas Prendon. This was a band from D.C. in the early 80s that never did a gig. They just recorded integers. And finally, in Western Mass, home of Byron Coley, and uh, something called Roughhausen. Yeah, that's uh, that's the trio with Evan Lipson and Jack. Okay, we got to give Evan Lipson some credit because he made the big connect here. Why He's Zach's, the best. Yeah, Zach's on the show. In fact, you guys did something together, uh, Christmas kind of uh, trip, right? Uh, you mean uh the tour? Well, the tour I, we did. I thought it was a record, or a, maybe there's been a couple. Anyway, I asked him. He said maybe this Christmas you guys would get something for me. I know there's also some kind of baseball prod he turned me on to. Hmm. So, but we got to just give him credit for this. So, so uh, how did Roughhousing come together? Um, that, I think maybe that came from Jack wanting to book another tour, maybe with uh, Rest, which was Jack, Evan, and Ben. Um. Maybe Ben couldn't do it, and I I jumped in there. So that recording, uh, the Western Mass recording, yeah, that's our that's maybe our third gig together, right right out of the gate. And it's I listened back to that the other day, scooping these tracks together, and I was yeah. floored by it. Yeah, I dig it too, man. I think it's really happening. In in a way, it's the only way you can get something like that. I mean, well, does Rough House and Prack? No, we never get to practice. Yeah, like Perkins with Banyan, you just—it's the gig. Right? Yeah, and that's we've been we've been doing it for maybe five or six years, uh, and I'd say maybe two or three times we've played outside of a gig. Okay. 
What about this Zach Jack? I want to play Roanoke. That's a that's a recording from Jack and I's first duo tour so towards talking, the end of it in a nice about, nice big room. We're talking nice. Jack uh, Jack Wright. Oh yeah. <laughs>
Show Roanoke Zach Jack. I didn't know because you spelled oh Zach and Jack, yeah, the other way without the ch with the k's. Okay, I'm learning. Yeah, we switch it for that. That's good. That's good. Uh, the hawk after that from Iowa City with the hills of eyes. Two backs out of Italy with the Chicagoan part one. Tom. Brand new album from him, my first quarantine song. PNDC and Housework out of Belgrade with Sunset Over Empty Towns. And then Amp Practice from Yon Cannon. What's Yon Cannon there, Zach? That's just what I call the the solo scraps I throw around. So this is Zach Man Alone. Yeah. And and what so like something like that, what, you just turn the recorder on and let the freak flag fly? That, yeah, I think that's what that was. I was messing around with a few amps, and that's uh, the amp I usually use um, with a microphone on it going into uh, another amp. And there's just uh, some howling feedback I was working with there. So you got a microphone input for one amp that's actually the source is your guitar going through another amp. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of amps? Just curious a little bit. Does it matter? I'm using on that. That's a that's a twin reverb 
but the the main amp on that is uh, a Fender Super Champ. Okay. It's uh, a Super Deluxe, I believe. So you got the Fender thing, the Beach Boy still... The surf thing. <laughs> got the surf thing going. The, yeah, still the playing scrunk. those two notes. Yeah, so, uh, wow. So, uh, you know, I had Ben Bennett on. And we were talking about this idea of comp- com- composition and improvisation. And him mm. saying that distinction really doesn't mean that much. And I was inclined to agree with him. Yeah, I I, I feel about the same. Um, sometimes I hear improv being called uh, instant composition. and uh, um, And that makes sense. What what about the idea of intervals? Intervals in uh, within within the piece. Well, it seems like. Yeah, I should explain myself better. Sorry, Zach. No, the the, the way the the notes are spaced out uh, harmonically, because it seems like uh, quote. Although I said I hated this word genre, little sticks, little uh, cliches build up. Like, uh, for example, a blues box, okay? Or mm-hmm. uh, Lower East Side, you know, 90s John Zorn type of, right? Uh, well, I should say, uh, who's the guitar man? Uh, uh, Sharp, uh, Elliot Sharp, great guy. Yeah. And uh, which kind of, you know, is his signature, but kind of became the dog whistle for that, you know, quote, what uh, I remember uh, Sam Bennett telling me, because he was part of that in those days before he went to Japan, he said, uh, no blue notes. <laughs> or maybe it was Han Bennett who told me that, this Dutch drummer man. Oh, he's, no, he's great. Isn't he great? <laughs> he's one of our granddaddies in this kind of field, right? I got to play yeah. with him once 12 years ago. He is incredible. Man, talk about working the room. He literally works the room. That's for sure. I've never, I've never been able to see him play. Wow, it's it's an experience, and then if you're part of it with him, it's totally in the moment. But it's totally a, you know, a journey. Desert, mountains, bayou, <laughs> the ocean, lakes, creeks. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he he he's he, and I doubt anything is the same, you know. But I remember him saying this: no blue notes, right? So you don't want any flat thirds. And, so that's why I asked about the interval thing. I mean, I, I'm more of a, a no looper guy. Right, right. Oh, oh, like layers. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So I try to, I try to keep it keep it moving, switching. I like to use uh, all the all the knobs. <clears throat> what about pedals? You must use the looper ones, right? No, no. I just use. Usually no pedals. Um, oh, so a, a tape machine or a... The past few years, I've just been playing uh, that Fender amp and a small 10-inch speaker, and I have that hooked together with a, a radial ABY switcher. Okay. And I can, de- you know, change the settings on the two amps kind of manually as I'm playing, and then change the tone knobs, switch the pickups. That's... Okay, so the looping is actually the oscillation between the amps feeding back and stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I was saying I'm a rather than a no blue note. Uh, I'm a no, you know no looper is the only thing I stand against. Okay, no looper, no looper. Okay, yeah, no okay. looper, anti looper. So you're <laughs> into the idea? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, like the, loopers is like in a way uh, repetitions of tiny performances. And I was I was talking a little bit th- with Ben about this, Ben Bennett, because drummers basically. Unless they break out of that, where every you know they're trying to randomize every little uh, rhythmic little trip they go through, right? And but his playing, he totally takes a pulse on the moment. I can see he. It's not just hey, I meet you at the finish line. It's a total conscious thing. So when you're collaborate, I mean, I'm not talking so much Jan Cannon. That's man alone, right? But when right. you're with when you're collaborating. You're, you're, you're still trying to co-pilot that thing with your, the cat you're with, right? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> we're, uh, we're just going for it. <laughs> we're at the end of the second hour, September 23rd, 2020, Dishwap Show. Hold t- we have special guest, Zach. Hold on, time for hour three. September 23rd, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Ha <laughs> ha 
Is it really so real? Will I ever wake up from a complex of dreams that I'm lost to to be? Can you ever be free when illusion dissolves? Will it ever make sense when I finally can see?
Pedro show. We start off the third hour with Spang from Never. What's the Never project? Never's uh, me, Ben, and Jack. Okay, okay. So people, Ben Bennett, who was on the last episode, Jack Wright, who's going to be on Monday's episode. And Jack is much older than you and Ben. Yeah. So what's that like? Uh, well, I usually don't don't consider that much. That's so so great, you know, because in the old days, that was a big fucking deal. It was a big deal, right? Rock and roll is young people. And there was this kind of like uh, a little bit of bigotry. Yeah, I, often uh, I'm trying to keep up with Jack. Wow, okay. So, yeah, he's kind of sensei, huh? Uh, we had Crane after that with Utopia's Dream. Then Extra with, is it really so real? I think Jim Mills plays everything on that, but he told me he's going to make a, a real extra band. Next record. Punk is a doornail with stereo. Ganji Island with White Squirrel. Thume, Eat to Taste. <laughs> what a title. Hey, Maya. No, hi, Maya. This is old Cleveland band. Reverse rationalization. And finally, 12D by Slack. Slack. Another one of your projects. Yeah. What well, can you lighten us? Slack is a more recent group. Maybe the winter of 2018. I think the first time we really got together to play and do some recording was Christmas Day. And who's in the band? That's uh, me on guitar, uh, Lance uh, Unguent Refulgent Sepulcher Simmons. He's uh, he's an incredible synth uh, electronics musician. He's playing drums in this band. And uh, Zane from Maine Konevsky on uh, electronics and tape machines and feedback. How'd you guys get together? Uh, Lance, I had been seeing around at gigs for years. He was booking shows at uh, a place called The Vat, R.I.P., a great spot in Philly. Um, he would sort of be someone around uh, egging me on at gigs, trying to get me fired up, uh, really giving me like a little push here and there, Cheer playing a gig and got this guy in my face. Like cheerleader? Yeah, but just really... <laughs> Great energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know about that, man. There's nothing like that. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give to somebody. And then um, Zane, uh, we started playing the the two of us. Uh, and then Lance caught that and said, I, I want to be your drummer. So that got started up. Now, does this band pray? Um, yeah, we, we do when we can. Uh, right now... We're a little split up. We're not. Zane uh, moved up to Maine Whoa. for a bit, so. Okay. Okay. Cause, uh, but Lance, Lance and I now record, and then we send the tracks to Zane, and he he puts his part in there. Oh, I like this this one. I'm going to play next. Crystal Spirit. I guess it's an ex excerpt. Yeah, that's the first uh, chunk out of the out of a cassette release. Okay. Here we go.
lot for Pedro Show last music for this edition. Uh, Slack with an excerpt, Crystal Spirit, cassette release, like uh, Zach was telling us. Zach from Slack. <laughs> then Galextasy, Heaven Channel, Season 2, LP2, Part 2. This is uh, Raquel and Jared out in the Joshua Tree during this uh, quarant- Quentin Quarantino mode. 18 albums, people. <laughs> so no sitting on your hands. Everybody get out there and record. Uh, finally, Slack with Fractal Discharge, which is <laughs> an interesting <laughs> image in my mind. <laughs> Mine as well. Yeah, I remember being a, a teenager and calling up Ralph on the big white telephone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is is this kind of the current project you're mainly involved with right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say uh, that's that's one I'd I'd really like to keep putting work into. But there's always the, the the reservoir of yawn cannon, right? Whatever. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm getting a lot done on that end too. Uh, got a new guitar, and I feel like I'm starting all over. Wow, you think it makes a difference? The well, what was the old one? Which was the one it replaced? Uh, for twelve years, I've been playing pretty much nothing but an Epiphone dot, dot. Uh, semi hollow body. Okay. Uh, really putting a putting a beating on it, um, but I wanted something a little lighter. Uh, want to stand, want to move around more. Um, so I got this seventy-two uh, Japanese uh, Mustang copy. Now Stangs, oh, it's a copy. Yeah, because Stangs yeah. had two necks. They had a short neck and a long neck. This is a little shorter, for sure. Yeah, okay, okay. And they are, yeah, little and light. and Also probably different uh, properties because it ain't ho- semi-hollow. Yeah, it feels completely different. Mm-hmm. I can really bend a lot and move around much easier than the old busted-up guitar. Yeah. And you're talking about standing versus sitting. Yeah, sometimes I, I I'm sitting to play you ever do the tabletop thing what was that band amn one in london oh yeah keith Rowe. no i never never really got into that but i do the the guitar does hit my lap quite a bit okay yeah i think he never put it on (laughs) sitting there well you ought to try it out but you know reading uh Oh, yeah, there's a lot of shit I should try. Uh, reading the uh, Sid Barrett book by uh, Rob Chapman had big influence on that Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which I didn't know until I read the book. You know, I think uh, there was a period for that, you know, where rock and roll, coming out of the R&B, but then uh, informed by some pretty wild stuff before, like, arena rock pushed it back into its uh, safe, collared you know, Nuremberg rally mode, <laughs> which is, I'm, I'm so glad uh, people like you and Jack and Ben and uh, Evan are trying to bust his stuff up and are, you know, going way back with me, Nels Klein, you know, 
who in New York City now he's got much more fro he tried to bring it to SoCal for so long with his brother Alex and people just would not uh yeah support it what do you what do you I, think of that I could see that sometimes sometimes you got to got to switch it up if the if the scene's not I don't know that's 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 unfortunate and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good overall blanket statement. It is unfortunate, but what, and your suggestion to do about it is to switch it up. Well, maybe not switch it up, but maybe it's best to just keep it up. Yeah, keep it up. And because, uh, like you said, that the Metropolis pad. What led to it, it closing? Uh some phony downtown revitalization project and oh. a, a so, massive movie theater being put in right next to the parking lot. So it wasn't lack of support. Really was not, no. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, that's, that truly is a tragedy. Well, where, where can people find you on the internet? I got a SoundCloud page. Um, and I think there might be some info on Jack's website, but the SoundCloud is uh, soundcloud.com slash Y-A-N-K-A-N-I-N. Okay. And uh, I'm really interested in your work. So what's the next thing planned? The next thing planned is to just get uh, get better recordings for the, the Slack project. We're now moved out of my my room up here on the third floor and into the basement where we're able to get a little better separation, uh, get the drum mics uh, with a little less guitar screaming through them. <laughs> Bleed, I think they call it. <laughs> so slowly but surely, we're, well, man, we're chipping away. When you get this next album done, will you guys come on the show? You can bring them cats on, too, and talk about it. Absolutely. That'd be a great time. Zach, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, keep on keeping on, please. People, Nice to be in the orbit. Thanks for having me. Okay. People, September 23, 2020, this is Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.